This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne, and this is Safe Space, a live forum for courageous conversation about hidden subjects. Tonight is actually our 100th show. We're really excited and proud. This show really expresses something that um, I really believe in, and I dare to say so does Jen Hodston, who is actually my guest tonight and the sound engineer for the show. It felt like a really fun way to be a team. So Jen is going to be talking with me about the relationship between the lesbian community and the trans community. And I want to just let you know that Jen is a dyke-identified woman who lives in Portland. She's worked for many years in the LGBTQ community. That's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning community, including working with, a, with Southern Maine Pride, with the Portland Dyke March, with Proud Rainbow Youth of Southern Maine, the Maine Speak Out Project, and she also is the author of the Queer Bee column in The Bollard. Jen currently works with the homeless here in Portland. Welcome to, actually, the second time being my guest on Safe Space. Thanks, Anne. It's great to be here for our 100th <laughs> show. I know. So usually I'm looking through the window at Jen while I'm interviewing someone else and smiling and waving at her, but now I'm actually sitting in the real room with all the lights and the buttons, and that makes it fun, too. Um, so, Jen, let's start as we often do with your story, um, your own story of the relationship you've experienced both as a lesbian yourself, but also with the trans community. Right. So um, just a little bit of background. Um, I came out um, to the entire world as uh, a lesbian when I was about 23, um, when I moved to Portland and, um, you know, had a series of relationships with women and um, that was fantastic and wonderful. Um, and as I got um, more and more involved with the community, with the queer community, um, I learned more about uh, trans issues and um, was beginning to get an understanding, a little bit more of an understanding of it because it's not something that I have personally experienced as I feel very much uh, female in my body. And so I had never really considered trans stuff. Um, and, uh, and then, um, I worked for Maine Speak Out Project, which was great. And I got to hear, um, a lot of wonderful people's stories about, um, their experiences, trans and gender queer people. And, um, read Jennifer Finney Boylan's book, which was, um, transformational in my way of thinking about trans people. Um, and shortly after that, um, I began to, um, date a woman um, who I love very much, and we moved in together. And um, shortly after we moved in together, she um, told me that um, she came out to me as trans, that she um, was going to transition and has, in fact, transitioned um, to become a man. And um, and so, you know, through through all of these experiences and through my involvement, you know, with the communities is sort of where I come from on this. That's sort of my story. One of the things that I've learned in doing this series of shows about trans issues is how how f frequent it is for a, a woman, a tr you know, eventually a trans man to have a point in their own struggle to figure out who they are and how they feel different to identify as a lesbian for some period of time and then realizing, no, no, that's actually not it. I'm, I'm actually a straight man who loves women and and... And with that realization, sort of the, the relief that comes of finally sort of feeling like, oh, this is truly who I am. And I think it was you who said to me that so many of your lesbian friends have dated a woman who ultimately was trans, that this is really a common experience. So tell me a little bit, 
yeah. about that? Well, um, I think that that's uh, partly a function of my generation. Um, like I said, I didn't um, come out thinking about trans issues, but um, a lot of the a lot of the work that has made um, transgender stuff sort of come to the forefront of um, consciousness, like like social consciousness, is um, was laid by folks like. Like, I grew up with RuPaul on MTV, do you know what I mean? Who was, like, a really, if you don't know who RuPaul is, is a was, a um, like, one of the first drag queens that I ever knew and had, you know, in na- national uh, popularity and, and no- knowingness. You know, people knew him, her, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and um, you know, Dennis Rodman, who cross-dressed for fun, a basketball player who sort of cross-dresses. And, and so... Um, you know, and plus, plus all of the work of the incredible activists who you know came before us. So, so in my uh, generation, um, I feel like um, it is a common experience to, um, to or a fairly common experience um, to have someone that you know or someone that you've dated, um, especially if your attractions tend to be on the masculine spectrum of of lesbian identification as mine tend to be, um, to have somebody transition, um, either while you're dating them or after you date them or whatever. It's, um, it's something that, uh, I've discussed quite a lot with my friends and peers. And do you feel like that in itself can become a source of tension between the trans community and the lesbian community because there's sort of loss involved? Well, I mean, it, de- it depends on who you talk to. Um, I, don't personally experience that as a loss. I mean, certainly, um, while I was with my partner who was transitioning, there were um, feelings of loss, as last week's guest sort of talked about. You know, it it brought my own... Um, I had, Up until that point, I had pretty solidly identified as a lesbian um, and um, after I came out. And, um, and being with him made me question like if I can love this man am I really a lesbian um and came to settle on the identity of Dyke as sort of uh encompassing um more more gender options tell me more about that what do you mean by Dyke (laughs) yeah um it's sort of uh uh well I mean obviously a reclaiming of the of the pejorative term um, which I was unfortunately called many times, you know, as many um, uh, female identified folks who are queer have. Um, and um, but in that uh, reclamation is um, a redefinition in some ways also. Um, and so this is just my personal definition. Many people who identify as dykes are definitely only attracted to, um, you know, cisgender uh, women. You have to explain that term, too. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So um, uh, cisgender would be like me. I'm a cisgender woman who was born female. My body feels female. My mind feels female. Um, There's no there's no difference between the two. Um, Cisgender as opposed to transgender. Right. Yes. Got it. So everything aligns with the same gender identification. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So so coming back to the definition of dyke, because I got distracted by the cis in there. <laughs> so okay, say it again. What dyke means for you? Um, for you again, personally. For, for me personally, um, it it is less um, specific than lesbian. So while I am um, woman oriented, um, female, um, most of my attractions are to women. Um, 
I'm not limiting myself in that way. And some people would use queer in that way, but dyke to me fits better because it sort of indicates um, my preference, I guess. So there's a little more fluidity to it. Yes, right. So you're it's sort of like you're open to considering all manner of interesting gender variations. Yes. Great. So that's that's sort of some of the fluidity that's that seems to be evolving in the community, as I'm understanding it. Yes. Yeah. So I w- before we go any further, I wanted I want to ask you about something because in talking to you about doing this, what was clear is that it was so important to you to do this well and thoughtfully and that you were bringing so much care to this subject. And um, I was struck by it, not that you're not careful in everything you do, but that you really, really wanted to do a good job with this. And I wondered if you could tell me about um, what makes this subject, the relationship between the lesbian community and the trans community, um, so important to handle so well and sensitively. Um, It's because, first, it's a very sensitive subject um, in the queer communities in the women's and trans community especially I can't I can't really speak to the gay male experience Um, but um, and so many people that I know and care about are sort of on differing sides of this like some um, I think we're gonna talk about it in a little bit but some people um, really are less um, accepting of um, trans uh, inclusion in the lesbian experience um, and um, some some people are more accepting of it and um, and already I feel like I'm probably offending people <laughs> because it's just you know your gender identity anybody's gender identity and their sexual orientation are something that's so close to the heart it's so close to um, who you, you it makes up who you are and um, any um, perceived attack on that hurts it hurts terribly and I would not want to hurt anybody in this discussion I feel like there's a lot of hurt in the community already about this issue and I would not ever want to add to it that makes so much sense so right because people I mean whether you're in the lesbian gay bisexual community or the transgender community there's so much prejudice threat of violence basically oppression that you don't want to contribute yes yes that makes sense to me um so you know for me and i'm just going to own my ignorance i mean two months ago before i started this series i feel like i'd done a lot of thinking and about you know gay lesbian bisexual issues but really did not know much about trans issues and i've been immersed in it and reading and thinking about it you know daily but what I'm struck by with so many of my of uh, the trans books I've read and the trans 101 talks I've gone to and heard is the very clear distinction. This is not about sexual orientation. This right. is about gender identity. And there's a it's sort of like almost the first thing that someone says is that this is different. And it, then it's interesting to me that, we, you know, we often hear LGBT or LGBTQ community that then lumps these groups together. And I've been intrigued. What are the things that draw LGP, LGBQ together with T and what are the strains in that relationship? Oh gosh. Um, well, I, I think that, um, the thing that draws that, that alphabet soup together mm-hmm. is, a, um, partly a common shared oppression, um, in the larger 
society. Um, and um, I think that I think that movements are built on each other, you know, so um, and and grow together. So, you know, Stonewall, for example, um, uh, which is the you know, the what many people consider the founding moment of the gay rights movement um, was actually initiated by drag queens who are would now be considered possibly members of the trans community. Um, and so um, for a lot of people, those things are, are intertwined. Um, but also, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's also uh, convenient to talk about, um, there, well, okay, there's a lot of misperception about the, the difference between gender and sexual orientation, and so people see it as the same. Um, so, and then, and then um, it's convenient to talk in that way. It's convenient to talk about all these groups together when actually their needs are very different. I mean, it seems to me that one thing that draws the, all those letters together is an, an openness to exploring the meaning of gender, so that even for the you know the gay, lesbian, bisexual community who aren't maybe struggling with issues of gender identity at all, there is nonetheless the possibility of gender variance, certainly far more than there is openly in the heterosexual community, I would suggest. That's that's true. And, and I mean, one of the issues um, that um, is difficult in the lesbian community is... Um, the distinction between, um, say, butch identity, which would be like a masculine identified lesbian or dyke, um, and a trans man, and um, and and people who aren't familiar with the intricacies of the community may see that uh, a butch identified person or a trans man as, you know, n not necessarily different from each other. Um, but there's a fundamental difference there. Why don't you spell that out for those who might not know it? Well, so a butch-identified woman would be um, a woman who loves women, who has a masculine expression. Sort of, the, the, when I used to do a lot of speaking about this for Main Speak Out Project, I would sort of, you know, people would ask, like, what does butch mean? And I would say, you know, think about, you know, the cultural stereotype of a lesbian, a sort of masculinely expressed woman. Hairy legs. P possibly <laughs> sh short hair, yeah. you know, masculine clothing. Right. Um, and and it's more than it's more than just um, clothing, also, but sort of a way of being in the world. Um, and uh, but at at the at the core, that that butch woman identifies as a woman, still, and a trans man at core identifies as a man. I know that um, you know a couple of the trans men that I've talked to in this series have talked about actually not on the air but off pre and post the, sh the interview have talked about their discomfort with perhaps being perceived as seeking male privilege mm -hmm. or having, you know, that they identified as feminists when they were women or when they presented as women and that the discomfort of, you know, the unearned privilege of now inhabiting a more male body and, um, uh, actually Alex Rohn, my guest a few weeks ago talked to actually gave some examples of you know, men including him in derogatory comments toward women and looking to him as if expecting agreement. Um, and almost like, are we betraying the side? <laughs> right. And I think that that's um, part of where the tension comes from between the 
the lesbian community and the F to M specifically community um, that um, many women who have um, fought hard to reach their identity and to claim their identity as lesbian women um, feel maybe feel betrayed by somebody who they have perceived to be a lesbian who is now identifying as a man that that's very hurtful I think yeah I can imagine um, feeling personally betrayed like as if this person really got me and was like me and then feeling like oh my gosh they became they joined the other side as if as if men would be considered the other side I'm not meaning to suggest that but that does make sense to me Um, Um, that's my personal theory yeah Uh, you know many disclaimers that is (laughs) that's my that's my that's my theory and my sense although I'm sure that many people have other experiences with that you've also talked about um, some of the dilemmas that come up around um, women only events Mm -hmm. and um, I think actually before I get to that I want to ask you about the issue around marriage equality and because that felt like it was something that really highlighted some of the tensions around different groups needs and how to prioritize that I wondered if you could speak to that yeah sure well okay so my personal experience with this is that um, I have um, although I did you know vote for marriage equality, and I support that as a goal for, um, for you know, LGBT um, groups. I have a, a serious problem with that being the goal. It's sort of it's sort of been presented as you know the civil rights fight of our generation, um, marriage equality, and um, I I feel like, and, and I've spoken you know, about this in the column that I wrote, um, and in other places that I really feel like, um, I don't, I don't personally feel like that is the fight. I feel like the fight for basic physical safety is, is something that should be considered first. Um, school safety. I mean, you know, thinking about the, um, gay youth who are bullied into suicide sometimes or, or just bullied in general or, um, uh, the safety of um, trans women who walk down the street and get harassed or, and who are so often victims of violence. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like there are other priorities along with gay marriage that need to be considered. I feel like, you know, you, you are the one who really taught me about that, Jen. And, um, you know, I was sort of... Com- I was completely on the marriage equality bandwagon, did a number of shows about it, wanting to very much to support it, and I still support it, but I think the idea, uh, 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 the risk of violence about any kind of gender variance in our culture has really been impressed upon me, and the level of prejudice and discrimination um, and the cost of that, something that's so painful has really struck me, and... um, feels like such an important thing to name and highlight it is and and I think the other thing I mean this isn't a show about marriage equality but um, I think a lot about you know who benefits from the passage of those laws you know what I mean it's not like going to be any of the people that I just talked about the gay youth who were bullied in school the trans woman who's not safe walking in the street Um, I feel like the people who are going to benefit are you know older folks who want to get married for, you know, I mean, besides love, but there are financial and legal benefits to getting married that, um, are not gonna, that are not gonna 
necessarily be affecting those other folks and um so so yeah that's my that's my uh, two cents about maybe that. i'm not na- maybe i'm naive probably i am i guess i had some hope that um with marriage equality that over time it normalizes something in a way that does benefit future generations it normalizes gay and lesbian relationships yeah exactly but um doesn't really do anything to um talk about you know why gender variance is unsafe you know like the the reason that um most people are um, identified as gay or lesbian is because of their gender variance it's not because of um unless unless somebody is actually seen with their partner and even if even if they were seen if you saw two femme identified lesbians walking down the street together you might not recognize them as lesbians the thing that makes people identifiable as gay or lesbian is gender variance. So let's talk about that because I think that is the heart of actually what draws these communities together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you talked to me about what you call transphobia, which is this kind of deep anxiety about questioning gender in general mm-hmm. or, or the idea that gender could even be something to be questioned. And what's your understanding of why that is so threatening to people that gender be questioned and explored and stretched? Um, because it calls into question our own sense of self on a really fundamental level. Um, so if a person, um, say, um, oh, I don't know, you know, some, 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 some random guy, some random guy out there, um, you know, says this man is a man like me, looks at a, looks at a trans woman, say, says this, this person was a man like me and and man is identified as in opposition to woman you know what i mean so then if a man can become a woman what does that say it destabilizes the gender of of the person viewing that or or who sees that happen or who understands that that can happen um and most um i think that many people who aren't involved in the lgbtqqa community um haven't had a chance necessarily to even consider gender to to consider questioning gender um it's um it's built into our lives from the from the our first moment from birth from literally from birth you know they swaddle you in a pink or a blue blanket so it's the first thing the doctor says it's a girl or it's a boy it's the and thing you're waiting if you, to hear if you talk to a pregnant per- woman what's the first thing you ask is it a girl or a boy um, I mean, you know, and so gender is so fundamental to our understanding of people that to think that it could shift is very scary, I think, um, for folks who haven't considered gender. Part of what I, it sounds like happened to you, too, with your partner who was trans. And I'm thinking about Helen Boyd's interview last week, um, you know, when her husband became a trans woman, um, was how deeply that took her and you into an exploration of your own gender. True. So that's so it's part of it is it's we start to then an encounter with someone who's exploring this, you know, stretching the limits of gender invites us to do the same. And that's sometimes hard. It is hard. And, and I had to really think about, um, you know, I had um, gone through what felt like a very long process in coming to understand my identity as a lesbian. You know, I. um came out completely came out fairly late after I had had a child um, from a relationship with a man and so I really felt like I had to fight to claim that identity um, and I had to risk 
you know, as many queer people do, I had to risk, um, you know, the judgment of my family and um, of, you know, the the greater community. And, you know, it was it was a shift in the in the way that I saw my life. And um, and then to uh, question that, to bring that into question again um, with because my partner was transitioning and to say, like, I love this person very much. And this is a man and if I'm going to accept him completely as a man that means that on some level I can love men and oh my god what does that mean no kidding it just rocks everything (laughs) I work so hard to arrive at yeah yes I mean the other thing that really strikes me and I have a bias because that's in some ways the whole angle of this show that the lesbian and trans communities share is is precisely what you're talking about which is this struggle often in a you know a closeted struggle to know like who am I and do I dare to express that in the world? Do I dare share that? Do I dare tell my parents? Do I dare tell my partner who I am? And that the risk of self-expression is so great, in a way greater than I think straight people have to face, although they have all kinds of other, you know, everyone has challenges, Lord knows. But I think that's also a, that experience of kind of coming out of the closet or the struggle to affirm oneself mm-hmm. seems like a, a bond. and. I wonder if that's your experience. Um, it does in some sense, but um, it's also um, confusing to lump all of these issues together at the same time because the needs of them are very, very different. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm wondering, I want to check in with you because we just have a, a minute or two left. Oh, that went fast. <laughs> um, so I know that you felt worried to really do this justice. Do you feel, how are you feeling about how that went? And is there anything we haven't said that you want quickly want to add? <laughs> um, um, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's anything else I want to add. I just, you know, I feel like, um, I would love more opportunities for um, conversation about these really difficult issues and more more open conversation about it that is um, presumed to be not coming from a hostile place but coming from a place of trying to understand. Um, and I understand I um, just realized today that um, Deb Gallagher at Lesbian Radio has been having this conversation, a similar conversation on her show in several parts. Um, and so I, you know, I love that happening um this conversation apparently we've got our finger on the pulse right yeah wait to hear your show deb (laughs) (laughs) um and and to and to have people really listen um to each other's experience and accept it um even though it may be different i thank you so much jen i feel like you've really brought that intention so clearly to this conversation i do want to take a moment usually i thank jen for being the sound engineer for the show but tonight i especially want to do that jen has been with the show since the second show the very first one i had to mix the sound myself and i thankfully have never had to repeat that (laughs) and my gratitude to you jen hodson is great jen has volunteered to mix the sound for the show this whole time i'm really grateful to you Thank you. It's been wonderful to be here. I also thank Maurice Lennon for the music, Neil McKenty for being my consultant. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking to Liam Beshan about being gender queer and kind of stretching the boundaries of gender even further. Um, 
if you want to listen to the show it's in, in its entirety, if you want to download it, if you want to email it to a friend, please go to our website, safespaceradio.com. If you want to have a comment about the show, uh, please feel free to email me through that site. If you go on, there'll be an opportunity to do that. I'd also love to invite you to like us on Facebook. We just started the Safe Space Radio Facebook page and to subscribe to us on email. Coming up next is Covering the Bases with Thaddeus. 